Hello, Horror Fanatics. I'm Frank. And I'm Jen. And we welcome you to our weekly podcast, Ooh, Ooh, The Horror. Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, downright creepy. If you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at O-T-H at SeriouslyDecent.com. We're getting so much traffic there. And you can uh, check all of our... uh, all of our stuff out, episodes, bios, ooh yeah, social media links, yep, at ohthehorrorpodcast.com. All that jazz. Yeah. Slushies today. I know. We're taking a big uh, risk here. We are. Usually I have hot tea with lemon to get my voice extra special. Ditto. Yep. I'm going with slushies. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a little warmer out and it's slushy season. It is. I mean, technically slushy season all year round, but, yeah, but they when don't, it's 10 below, slushies are... They don't have that as an option year round. Yeah, they do. At the Fast Track? Really? Yeah. This episode brought to you by Fast Track. <laughs> <laughs> Which we will get absolutely nothing for except a slushy we paid for. Exactly. I think we're doing this wrong. I think we did yeah. everything wrong. Yeah, there's two things I'm concerned about with the slushy. What's that? Number one, will it, it make my voice just stranger because I'm so accustomed to tea and mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the other one is the almighty brain freeze. You know it's coming. I do. You're I probably going to get a talk and I'm just going to start sucking. <laughs> <laughs> and the next, and thing, the you next know, thing you know, you're going to hear Frank go, oh. You're going to hear this. <laughs> me trying to get all the cold out of me. As quick as possible as my head turns to a block of ice. Now I got a big head. It's a big block. Yeah. 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 I have to say, Black Cats was nicely received. I'm glad. We had some good foot traffic on that. I'm glad. And um, About time Black Cats got a little bit of love. Little street cred. Yeah. 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 No, just a little bit of love. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, they've been vilified for so long. Tell me about it, girl. Ah, I could talk about this for hours. <laughs> However, swinging the uh, pendulum the other side, berserkers today. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? I learned. Uh, I learned We're a few. Twenty six episodes. Twenty six, two six. Yeah. Yeah. That's like half. Mm-hmm. We're like at the halfway mark we, for a year. Yeah, theoretically, we are exactly. This will be half. Yeah. For a year, so we've got half a year's worth of episodes every week. Yep. Every month. Yep. No breaks here at Oh the Horror. No. Solid worth ethic. Worth ethic. It's easy for it's you to say. It's a solid worth ethic. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. I'm gonna I blame am. I'm gonna blame everything on the slush. Okay. No. <laughs> that one I was just stupid on, but solid work <laughs> ethic over here at Oh the Horror. Yeah. I yeah. mean creative director Dean's napping in the living room. He's not even in here. HR never makes an appearance. I think she's uh graced she, us once. She does when we step out of line, but our work ethic keeps HR at bay. She's oh, like, is that is that the key? Is that what that, we're and doing I think right? You, I think you pet her on your lap every night. I mean, like, I do I do do that. I was a little unhappy about this, but now we're going to let that slide because you're petting me. So we automatically- I allowed you to pet me. You know? We get a pass because yeah. I, I provide a lap for her to sleep on. Well, I think doing a whole episode <laughs> on black cats gives us some sort of street cred with HR. I hope so. We're going to find out. Yeah. Yeah. She'll be yelling at us tonight at nine. Yes, she will. For supper. Yes. Well, was it fourth fourth supper? Fourth like dinner. That? Yeah. yeah. She's a black. I hobbit. had no idea that I. She's was, not a black cat. She's, she's a black. She's hobbit. a hobbit. Yeah, she is. She's an eight pound hobbit. <laughs> I had no idea what I was signing up for. Mm. I was like, oh, aren't you precious? Here we are. I think that's as a rule with pets. Like the idea of a pet is great. Yeah. And then you get the pet. Yeah. And you're one like, of oh, two. This is a lifelong commitment. Well, one of two things happens right when you get the pet. It's either immediate regret at that point. Like, wow, I signed, I didn't sign up for this yeah. or that. Or there's that little courting honeymoon period. It's kind of like meeting an, a, another person. Right. 
that honeymoon period. There's the honeymoon like, period oh, where you're like, oh, everything they do everything is adorable. Everything you do is adorable. Uh-huh. What was my life without you? Oh, you just oh. give me so much joy and happiness. Yeah. Then that kind of fast fades. forward five years and they're puking on the floor. It's not floor. even five years. Like with a with a dog, you're kind of like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll go over to my buddies for the weekend. Nope. Nope. Can't do that. No. Old Shep's there reminding you. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Excuse me. I, I need. I, I have need, to eat. I need eats. I need walks. I need belly rubs. Yeah. I need sleeps. Just a list of, I came with a rider. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah. And then that's where people are like, huh. It's the relationship. Like, you yeah. know, be like, oh, you're amazing. You're interesting. That goes for a month or two. Then I say, oh, you know, I'm going to play golf Saturday. No, you're not. Oh. Oh. I didn't know this was part of the deal. <laughs> this isn't going to work anymore. I don't like this deal. <laughs> yeah. Nordic, uh, Nordic lore today. A little bit, yeah. yeah. So, I wouldn't say it's just straight Nordic, which was something I learned. This kind of ranged around a little bit. But the whole English Nordic, that got kind of crossed as they started to get more involved the streams. with each You're other. You're not supposed to cross the streams. Well, yeah. Egon said. Well, I think England and the Nords kind of said that too. Well, Vikings kind of did what they wanted. To a certain degree. They were like, <laughs> rules. I think what's interesting with that, though, is they, they, there's a big claim of the no rules and they were a wild group and stuff. I think that's been glamorized through through time. Yeah. But also, I think what's interesting is they actually did have a lot of rules they within did. themselves, mm-hmm. which I find that interesting. People sit there and they're, oh, no rules. Kind of like the indigenous tribes here, well, like Native I mean, Americans. Let's be honest. There was a lot of rules in those, in those tribes. There were, know. but. When they're out and about doing their Viking thing and they're raping and pillaging, yeah, they that has no rules, no holds barred. Yeah. Like, no, and that's that's a that's a reputation they've had and others have had too. Knock yourself you know. out, but when you get home, it's like, yo, dude, yeah, we are not out. Pillaging. Let's uh, let's get through something that I always like to breeze past, and you like to, uh, I do list off sources. sources. <laughs> So my sources are Vikings, Warrior Cults, Berserker, Elfinar, uh, Svenfilking, and Weapon Dancers by Pete Jennings. That's a book. Not bad. I really only read <laughs> the Berserker part. Yeah. And then um, HistoryExtra.com. They had an article on Berserkers. I read that too. Yeah. That'd be funny if that's where we get all our notes from. Right. They were pretty complete. Uh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. I did Britannica for a little kind of high-level deal. I do enjoy Britannica. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. There's an old love there. Yeah. That a lot of people will never understand. We had the Encyclopedia Britannica. See, I envy the living crap out of you because we didn't have anything like that. We had... We had a dictionary at best, and that would be something if it was complete. Well, I'm going to say this. We had Encyclopedia Britannica, and I'm sorry, but when you're in uh, elementary school and junior high, a little bit of a high level. So my grandparents had world book encyclopedias. Mm. So if I had to do a topic and research it for school, mm, I'm going to say about 95% of the time I went to world book. Mm -hmm. Not the Britannica that my parents spent so much money on. Yeah. And had the gold leaf edges and the mm. leather bound editions. Yep. Yeah, that wasn't my go-to. No, source. I never. However, in mm. college, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, got some use. I uh, yeah, never had that. I remember going over to people's house. I'm like, you have all of this knowledge here. Unbelievable. Because I mean, people got to understand: oh, yes. no computer, no internet. No. You had a library. And I, I used to like going to the library because it was kind of this massive, huge encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. You could get anything you wanted for free, full free. And I and then loved the Dewey Decimal the, System. Oh, God. We're, and the card We're going to skip right past the library nerd stuff here. Okay. You know, Dewey Decimal <sighs> what is what probably half of the group's asking right now. What's a Dewey Decimal System? If it's you were a apply- great way to catalog and store your knowledge and, and It's a great volumes. way to catalog <laughs> old 
material that is of no value anymore. Ah! Yeah. Yeah, I'll say it. Ouch. So here's the deal. Always eyed the Britannica. Family could never afford it. We just couldn't have it. Then I get working post high school. Didn't go to, well, left college. I went to college for a semester and I think a half. Mm-hmm. Was in the middle of like tax law because I was an accounting major. Yeah, fun. <laughs> in the middle of like tax Frank, law. And you I, didn't make good choices. And I got up <laughs> right in the middle of the class. I rem- I'll remember this for the rest of my life. I just had this epiphany that I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. I don't want to do it. Yeah, no. And I stood up and the teacher's like, Mr. Tuart, everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, actually, I'm about as good as it gets right now. I'm really happy. And he goes, so I won't be seeing you anymore. And I go, correct. (laughs) (laughs) I walked right out the door. Yeah. Yep. Well, judging from his response to your action, Mm -hmm. you weren't the first person to do that. Uh, Probably not. Yeah. I would imagine. I hope not. I hope people do have realizations and make split seconds. moments. Yeah. yeah, make split seconds like that. It was a long time coming. I dreaded it. And I was just sitting there, why am I doing this? Then when I got home, parents were like, all right, you got to work. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to school, you're working full time. End of discussion. So that's when I started working. Eventually that led to computers, which ended up being this your, your, big your career gig. in my life. Yeah. you know. But the first computer I bought was a Pentium 1. Mm-hmm. It was a 133 megahertz processor. Mm-hmm. It had, uh, I want to say, eight megabytes of memory. Mm-hmm. And it had a 1.3 gigabyte hard drive, which is crazy because like small now is a terabyte. <laughs> and, and I remember it came, it was a Hewlett Packard computer, color screen. Whoa. Whoa. Color screen. And it had the entire Encyclopedia Britannica on a disc and you could install it. Right. And this wasn't connected to the internet. Like you had the whole entire library on the disc. Disc. And I remember a few of my friends, we sat there and we just thought we had the world in our hands. (laughs) And the world was your oyster. Because it was multimedia too, which was new at that time. It was insane. And you would, if you want to learn about the pyramids, you would hit play and this video would come up. And I would love to look at that now because right. it's probably just, I just look and be like, oh my God, you know. <laughs> and at one time the movies started talking and they called them talkies, you know, it just. It was a moving picture. It was a moving picture with some talkies on them. <laughs> and that changed everything. So yeah, that's when I finally got my Britannica on. Mm-hmm. And I think it was funny because that lasted literally three months until I figured out that I could get dial-up internet. And then I've been surfing porn ever since. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. The more you know. Yeah. And porn was a slow process then. Because you click the link and the picture go tick, 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 tick. <laughs> and you'd see like hair. But it was kind of funny because it'd get like halfway through and like the face would be banged up. And you're like, nah, skip that. I don't have to wait. Yeah. I don't have to wait two minutes for that picture to load up. And you load another one. <laughs> That's some horror right there. <laughs> what are we doing again? Oh, yeah, berserkers. <laughs> you ready? I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, berserkers, Norwegian uh, berserk, Old Norse. In prime uh, medieval and medieval Norse and Germanic history and folklore, it's really what we're surrounding here. <laughs> they were basically members of these unruly warrior gangs, and they all worshipped Odin. That was really kind of Odin. Yes, was, Odin was their dude. Odin was the supreme Norse deity that just they basically uh, attached themselves to royal and noble uh, courts as bodyguards and shock troops. Yeah. So these were like the, the muscle. They were. Yeah. The muscle for people. Yeah. And their savagery in battle was unlike any other of what legends say. Correct. And this is a funny thing because with berserkers, like I thought berserkers was a hundred percent real thing. It was a hundred percent real thing that happened. And then as you start researching it, it may be a thing. 
You, well, isn't it funny when you read stuff like that? Because this one, and I'm not saying maybe a thing. They're like, yeah, no, the berserkers were a thing. They were, a but they were over embellished so much, so thing. much, so much, so much, yeah, so much. Yeah, and they're that. not always uh, referred to or referenced directly as berserkers mm-hmm. or what's the other one called berserk gang. There was a few. Yeah, and then they were. Um, uh, yeah. Tina, Tina Belcher, there it is. (laughs) There were a lot of warriors that had berserker tendencies or would have a moment of the the berserker. Well, and that's where I had to read where they were talking about how, uh, you know, they wore bear and like wolf skins. Yeah, and it's funny because in the book they were talking about. But then they also say, oh, they also fought bear chested. It's like, oh, okay, hold on, folks here. Yeah, yeah. Well. Could be anyone. The book said that bears weren't even a huge thing in Iceland or Scandinavia at the time. And supposedly, in order to get into the berserker, part of the ritual was you were supposed to kill a bear. And Mm -hmm. he was saying, "Eh," you know, for the number of berserkers that there, there supposedly was or they were supposed to have had. So you're saying there might be a bear shortage? There weren't enough bears to substantiate the claim for yeah. the number of berserkers. So that's probably one of those initiations that started out true and true. They were like, right. look, if you want to be a berserker, you got to take you out gotta, a bear. You got to bring out. a bear back to camp. Yep. And then, and then the bears weren't so, you know, they weren't so easily accessible. They weren't around and they were like, look, it used to be a bear thing. Now just hike on top of that mountain, camp on that for like a week, come back down. Okay, used to be you had to kill a bear, but because your dad's a berserker, we're well, just going to go biddity bodity boo and now you're a berserker. No, and that's the thing. It was inherited basically yeah. through the family. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you think about it. And they're supposed to be, like, they're not supposed, they're supposed to be impenetrable to weapons. Yeah. Like fighting bear chested. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be unaffected, and then there are stories, literal stories of them getting annihilated by sword or, yeah. you know, whatever. So it's like, what is it? Are they? <laughs> well, and, you know, I'm glad you asked that question, what was it? Because we're going to try to dive deep into that here at Oh, the Horror. Is, we're, that, is that what we do? Is it our We're going to do Frank and Jen's take on that. So okay. you just showed up at the right time. <laughs> Look at me go. Yeah. What's I interesting mean- is, like, it definitely was a time period, first Correct. century. It was definitely first century, primarily like it seems like six hundred to like nine hundred A.D. Like around yeah. that seems to be the, the wheelhouse of where these stories potentially history come extra up. kind of circles the wagons around circa eight hundred, mm-hmm. which is when. Or wait, did I say first century? I meant ninth century. Sorry. First I mean, century. Who's gonna call you out? Like right. <laughs> who's gonna be Trust like, me? Dude. Dude, first century, come on, man. Christ wasn't fighting berserkers. We haven't gotten a single email. Yeah. So leave it first century. We've Let's gotten see emails. what happens. Yeah. We've gotten emails. <laughs> we've gotten messages. Don't act like they don't participate. They just put us on. Really, our whole group is just friends that are just like, yeah, I put it on the background just to be a download number for them. <laughs> I'll Poor, take it. Sorry, saps. I'll take it. They're weird. No, but I mean, the. Uh, I know we are. No, they were really like, they were in the habit of like raping and murdering at will, even in their host communities. Mm-hmm. So I think in my mind, and we'll kind of, we'll go to the end and then circle back. Because I think, <laughs> well, there's a big question we got to really set the tone for. Why were they called berserkers? Yes. And, and if they were really berserk, what made him berserk. Mm-hmm. A lot of them talk about, you know, the psychedelic mushrooms. That's a very light topic where it is like once you talk about it, you go, Oh, you know, that's a good idea. But then you get into it and it's, there's no, it doesn't proof. hold weight. There's nothing to substantiate or corroborate mm-hmm. that claim. Yeah. Um, which I, I get into at some point at the end of the day, there were common traits mm-hmm. that, the berserkers held. Mm-hmm. Um, they were they were not your typical warrior. No, not by any means. Um, but 
they it's not like they all held a common trait like you could say they had a common mm-hmm. illness like a mental illness that that brought them there so at the end of the day they're kind of in an anomaly yeah they're an anomaly the but thing. they also were, we're never gonna know no we'll never know and this is like great fodder for us in the show because we can just talk shit about whatever exactly. we want and yeah. that's why we pick these types of impossible topics yes they're fun where's your proof man well they're just fun to talk about they are but there was structure there there was in in berserkers there was the bear warriors yes they were a group there was the wolf warriors yep and then there's this proposed set of warriors called the boar warriors yes and that's basically like the three types right you're Uh, either a bear a wolf or a boar yeah Mm-hmm. And and I could see where that would be kind of like the uh, the family clan fight symbol, you know. Yes. Go bears. Yeah. Go wolves. Go boars. The bears. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you on? I'm the bears. The bears. Roar. <laughs> yeah. But I think so. There is that sense of structure. So yeah. it was definitely. I think when you hear those things, it it does mean that. I think a it did exist. I think b. It exists and it was structured to a certain degree. Yes. Now, my opinion on the Berserkers is this. You have a wild era where there's Correct. really no rules. No. So hop on this journey for a second. Ooh, Mr. Toad's wild ride. Yeah. I am ready. I'm bringing NFL football into this. Yeah. The whole history of NFL football. Okay. Because I can't stand NFL football now. Right. Because all the rules. Yes. I like old football. Yes. Where they just, the guy got the ball, ran through, and got the shit kicked out of him. Yes. Hockey player here. Sorry. Yeah. You know, but if you look through the whole chronological section of the NFL, Mm -hmm. you originally had guys with no pads. Right. No helmets. Yep. Playing football. Yep. Then they got leather helmets. Yes. Which I don't know what the idea that was, but they were cooking up something. It was at Maybe least a, couple, a little bit of protection yeah. for when your melon Not hit the ground. Not really knee pads, high socks, you yep. know. Maybe an extra shirt to cushion the blow. Maybe. Maybe. Well, you then, got the leather helmet. Yeah. What more do you want? I know. It's nitpicking after that. Yeah. Really, um, you know, metal cleats. Yep. Just raw. Really raw. Brr. <laughs> and... And then as it progressed and technology progressed, there was better creative director. I think he's telling he, you all about you know, it. He's he's into something and it's not this. No. But you have NFL where it progressed and technology, of course, progressed and you got plastic helmets. They yep. got stronger helmets. They got all this all the way to now. You can't even touch the quarterback. If you breathe on the quarterback, yeah. you're ejected from the game. Yeah. That's how it feels. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Any kind of sports fan, they're saying, oh, he's protecting the investment. The team's protecting the investment. I get it. The quarterback's the investment. Well, here's a... And it's true. And I'm not a, going on a football run. Here's the thought. Maybe don't give one dude $20 million for his contract. That's absurd, Jen. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'm not going to get... I'm just sitting here with my lady brain. I'm not so. going to get into the PR and politics of football. <laughs> I'm just not going to do it. But what I wanted to use this example was... In our lifetime and a generation or two before that, we had to see, we got to see the evolution of football. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with hockey. They used to go around with no helmets. Yeah. And that's when they'd smile and they had like two teeth showing. They're yeah. like, I'm world champion. You know, I mean, just <laughs> my mom's proud, you know, and yeah. his nose is all fucked up and he's got dents in his head. And now they've got protection all right. around him. And, and that's where I think battle was. As well. So as you the Berserkers had were the, the raw, like 1930s. The first round of the NFL. The first few years of the NFL. I really think the Berserkers were like that in hand to hand combat. I think these these guys were just like mega, 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 super alpha. Huge. Mega massive. Vikings. Mega Vikings? <laughs> I don't know. Not a mega coven. If you know, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, I think they were just these just huge, massive yeah. monsters, yeah. basically. They were. And and you don't have to go far to step out of that. And I think like the like the peak of it and sophistication of like brutal football players was that late seventies, especially early eighties. Mm-hmm. 
when just cocaine was fueling the the sport and they started uh, cocaine fueled everything. No, but I mean like cocaine fueled the sport and they had started early juicing and stuff yeah, like that yeah. and they just were monsters. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think this is the same thing. I think it's the same exact thing. You had these special groups of guys, mm-hmm. maybe women too, who knows, mm-hmm. that were just insane. Had an affinity for biting shields. Oh, yeah. No, exactly. I yeah. mean, that says it all right there. Biting shields. These guys were just monsters. They were just like, let's ah! fuck some shit up today. You know? <laughs> yeah. And and they were so disorganized uh, in reading this and research that they weren't even an integral part no. of the battle plan. No. Number one. Yes. And the battle group, number two. Yeah. They were just like, okay, here's the deal. We got Camp A over there. We're Camp B. We're going to go over here. We're going to go straight. We're going to flank left and right. Berserkers, you just do what you do. Yep. You well, do you. Here's the thing. And Even if they told them what to do, they would go out and do their own thing. Oh, yeah. No, and that's the thing. And and, and it was uh, actually in a, uh, there was a, a battle, and this is where they were talking about the idea of going berserk, where basically there was a, uh, a battle of Stamford Bridge. On 1066, 1066, yep. what have you. And basically the example on that was is they, the warriors just, they didn't even have any distinctive uniform. No. They didn't have nothing, and they no. just did whatever they want, and they basically wrecked a battle for this guy. Yeah, I've got Olav Haraldson from St. Olav, mm-hmm. which automatically made me think of Golden Girls and Rose. <laughs> I know it wasn't Saint Olaf. It was a, It was Saint Olaf. Saint but Olaf. Yeah. Seriously, mm-hmm. he put the berserkers in front of his own phalanx at the Battle of uh, Stokelstad in mm-hmm. the year 1030. But instead of holding the line, they attacked and thereby contributed to that particular king's downfall. Yeah. 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 So to me, this just makes sense that they were straight up out of control. Yes. They were just basically like this. This. Uh, this hive of. Hornets. They said they were a doubled a double edged sword as because they were difficult to control in a battle and they were often ill suited to formation warfare. So they were either something great to have in your army or you were like, oh man. Yeah. And I bet there was a we caste system. Been great if it weren't for the berserkers. I think but also they said and they. I say they a lot of <laughs> a lot of sources that they were personal bodyguards yes. for leadership. They were. So I think definitely there was like a hierarchical system where you had either like elders or just, you know, the people you could have next to leadership True. and leadership would have these as, you know, cause honestly, I'm just going to say for what it is. If I was a leader in that era or somebody of a position of power, I'd like a, kind of maybe not tamer version, but just a, a version you could reach of these guys than say the squeaky clean office grad guy. You know, I mean, yeah. I, w- I want the guy that gets crap done. Yeah. They were essentially stating that these guys, like they weren't, they weren't really paid. They, they mm-hmm. weren't really given land. Uh, they weren't betrothed to people. The only way they got any sort of property in any sense including a wife was essentially to take it by force. Yeah. And what's so funny that's is fun. they were saying that they were so intoxicated by battle loss that we spoke earlier. They bit their shield. Yep. They would attack boulders and trees. Yes. They and even killed too. each other. Yes. While they were waiting for battles to begin. And this is where I get into like for people that play sports and especially contact sports. Yes. You got to realize the hype that begins at the beginning of a game, especially a big game where a lot's at stake. Yes. And there's some weird shit that goes on in there. And that's the funny part because throughout all the years, I bring it back to sports because I think there's some, there's some direct parallels here. Mm -hmm. So even when they bring the cameras into sports, you rarely see the beginning just before the game, mm-hmm. the locker room stuff. Yeah. You'll see post where they're celebrating. Yeah. Or where they lost. See the but you don't see that pre stuff. And I love it because everybody thinks it's that Hollywood where the coach comes out, does the huge speech. Yeah. And they're all like, Yeah, we're gonna win and go right out there. It's not like that. 
No, it's not. No. It's not Remember the Titans? No. <laughs> Denzel doesn't come in and mm. just give you this moving and rousing speech. Denzel comes in, my man. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't happen? Uh, maybe it does, but I I never saw it much, you know. Didn't that didn't happen? I mean, for they'll you? tell you what they want, you know, yeah. and they'll be like, "Look, this is where we need to be. You guys have worked hard. You put everything on the table. You know, you got to do what you got to do." But I'm saying between the players, yeah, and the teammates, it's a lot of chest bumping. It's a lot of you know, fucking kick ass, mm-hmm. and and that's where I would see that where they just be you know, just out of it. I think there is probably substance abuse in here because it does breed substance abuse. I mean, when people say, like, yeah. look, you know, no human weapons can destroy him. I mean, you got somebody on meth, it's the same fucking thing. Uh, yeah. And that yeah. was like in World War Two with the German soldiers. You know, yeah. you find out later, no surprise, they were all cranked out on methamphetamine. It's like, no wonder they hiked through the cold and oh, did yeah. all this crazy yeah. shit. They, they did were some really... Fucking tweakers, man. You know. Really interesting decisions they made and moves that well no and you can see that like in the beginning they made some really tactically they did genius military less math involved no and that's what i'm saying you can see it like for somebody who studies world war ii i'm fascinated with the topic i could do a whole podcast just on world war ii it's amazing people do but but the I fact mean, it is, wouldn't is be a bad one. you can see the, the just gradual increase of chaos and disorder yes. throughout the years. They started out everything. They were brilliant. Yes. They did terrible things. I'm not getting into they're right, awesome yes. and I adore them and I got posters of Hitler on the wall that I, you know, have signed. I know. No. But the fact is, is they did some really brilliant things on the way. They were smart. Right. And then they found the methamphetamine, which... Made them stronger yeah. in their mind. Yep. Made them fight harder, yep. longer, which was true. Mm-hmm. But then the problem was, and you could see it towards the end, where they were all from leadership down to the bottom, they were tweaking. And they yeah. just did stupid shit. Yeah. And and to see that eventually it was drugs that was kind of driving it all at the end, it just makes sense. Yeah. I even look at that with, uh, I bet that's the same thing that happened with Spartans. Mm-hmm. I bet it's the same thing that happened with the Nords. I just, I bet they found some sort of substance and they were just like, hey man, got juice up before the big game. <laughs> and and at, at one point it was great. It was working wonderful. Right. And then it fell apart. And I think that's the same thing with Berserkers because they had, they were integrated through. Yep. They were with leadership. Yes. And then. And then you hear other stories where they're like, yeah, dude, we just pushed them out into battle. And they just, and, and we let them do their and thing. And we just hope we rolled lucky seven, you yeah. know? <laughs> so it's, it's interesting because Viking warriors in general look to the god Odin to give them aggression and courage in battle, but the berserkers took it a step further. Mm-hmm. They could route an outnumbering force. And when they attacked, they howled like mad dogs or wolves. It said that neither iron nor fire could injure them and that they didn't know pain. And after a battle, they were as weak as infants, totally spent both physically and psychologically. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of stories where the berserkers would do their thing. And when they were all asleep afterward, that was when they would get routed by Yeah, someone else. But that's where I also turn, like, I I buy into the substance abuse part of it Mm -hmm. a little bit because they were so drained after, like, the big crash or something like that. But also you physically exert yourself with something you're drained. Think of the adrenaline rush. Oh, yeah. Like, I just just saw a video of a police officer. I thought you were just going to be like, I just saw a bear. No. Yeah. I just saw a video of a police officer who arrives at a scene, Mm -hmm. and it's a car flipped over. It's a mother- and at least there were two children there, mm. one of which I believe was her biological child because he kept calling her mom. So yeah. That's I a, put some pieces of the puzzle together there. Put some steak on that. And the son is saying, helper, helper, helper. And the cop is calling in that he's got the, the car overturned where they are. And he goes, I can't lift it. I can't lift it off of her. And you can hear her saying... She's having a hard time breathing. Like, she can't breathe. 
and the kid starts crying, and all of a sudden, this cop goes berserk, full Hulk, and he goes, and he lifts up the car. Yeah. And he's like, can you get your head out? He's like, are you clear? Are you clear? And you can hear her say yes. And you can hear the kid like, oh, my God. And then as he drops the car back down. Mm -hmm. So he went from like nothing to Yeah, well, you you hear mothers that do that, too. Exactly. Oh, yeah. No, I think biologically it's definitely possible on its own right. I definitely agree with that. I think also... That's where, again, I think it's one of these things where, like, you find the truth in the middle of something. I think, like, all of it's the truth. Yeah. Every single bit yeah. of it. Yeah. That's that's where that's where I, I sit at the end of the well, day. Well, you know what was cool is both in the book and in this article, they were talking about the representations of the berserkers, like, mm-hmm. through history. They showed up in, like, ceramic plates from, like, I don't even know when and where they found those. Then uh, there was a chess piece that had, they found it in from the 12th century, found on the Isle of Lewis in the Scottish Hebrides, had a chess piece of a warrior biting his shield. Mm. And the book had an actual picture. I'll, I'll uh, post it to the to the group. And you just see this guy's teeth on the top of his shield. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like looking at you like. And it was probably a queen piece where you could move all over the yeah, right? table. Because it just doesn't have any rules. <laughs> I right. mean. They probably gave him some bullshit move like a bishop where he can only go diagonal. Yeah. Which actually a bishop funny. is a strong piece in chess. but And they showed up in stories and sagas. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was. It was interesting because in the sagas. Some commonalities were usually they were a troop of twelve, mm-hmm. and they were often. If it was one more, would be would it be a berserker's dozen? <laughs> no, no. I mean, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so they were in addition to the guard or the army in general, and in sea battles, they were usually stationed at the prow of the boat to take the leading point of an attack. And in the Battle of Hirsfjord, circa 872, they appear as shock troops for Harold Hofriger, Finehair, mm-hmm. Harold Finehair from Vikings. So I was like, whoa, hey, hey. There. And then there's actually a story of Harold Finehair himself going berserk in a specific battle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he himself was never referenced yeah, he went berserk at the 1066 Battle of Sanford Bridge. And he hasn't been the same since. Right, but he generally was not a berserker. Yeah. Like, he wasn't part of the Well, truth. and I think this is where I really thought the sports analogy was a very close parallel with it. Like I said, you know, we've seen kind of the history of where sports have become a little more, I'll say it, civilized. I mean, it's just, it's for what it is. Soft and boring. Yeah. I, that's my first thing I want to say, right. but, but we'll just call it for lack of a better term, civilized. <laughs> and, and I think you also saw it, like I said, with like Athens and the Greeks and Spartans and yeah. like, look at Achilles, like Achilles, not just Achilles was a badass, but the stories of the people that fought around him were badass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's basically the same thing as like a berserker group. If you really just kind of take the names out and all that stuff. Right. They share the same story where they're just like, yeah, no, we're going to let those guys go. They're going to. I can see the parallels of the berserker theme just in mythology, mythology in general. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Each mythology kind of has their own Mm -hmm. berserker group. Well, and here's the thing, like the old Norse social order and religion would accommodate that type of behavior. Yes. It really it would. would. Uh, it embrace it. Yeah, I was going to say. And again, turn them into legends yeah. and, yeah. you know, something you wanted to be. And and it's pretty weird. Not weird, but it just makes sense that that whole thing would disappear after the introduction of Christianity. True. Because now you have a, a, a set of rules that are consistent across the board. Right. And they don't, and they don't fit. It doesn't fit yeah. that social order. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fit that religion. It's regardless of what Christianity did, the message was forgiveness, 
the message was right. yeah. understanding. And we all know that wasn't by the book. Yes. There was some uh, some tangents what? and some side errands, you know, what? but but it was a consistent, more consistent type of theme yeah. around all of Europe at that point mm-hmm. and surrounding as it branched out. And that went against that whole Norse social order and construct. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you do see the die down of that mm-hmm. as Christianity spread. And there was a die down of a lot of things once Christianity yeah, spread. And that's where I put like, that's where I, like I, I saw the NFL parallel on here. Mm-hmm. I just kept reading. I was like, this is just like NFL. You put old NFL and then just bridge right up. Mm-hmm. So at first it was the rules to protect them, mm-hmm. put the equipment and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Then the money got in mm-hmm. and then the money got in and now you got to protect your, your investment. You got to p- protect your quarterback. You got to protect Whatever. your investment because that is the player on the team that's going to get you to championships. That's the player on the team that's going to get you to the big games. Mm-hmm. That's the player on the team that's going to get the people in, mm-hmm. making great passes, and the people pay mm-hmm. the money, which brings the money in, and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So that I see where, again, it just, like I said, it's it, the sport got sophisticated. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean it in a smart way, just complex. Mm-hmm. The sport got complex, and it's the same thing with battle. You look at battle now. Battle's complex. It's not yeah. like what it used to be. No. You know, at first it started where you just had two war, warring clans or families against each other, and they just went ape shit. Right. It'd be like the Hatfields and McCoys here in the States, like back in the day. Yeah. Same type of thing where they're just battling back and forth, and it was over a spilt beer in a fucking bar, <laughs> you know, and one right. called one an asshole, and the guy punched him in the face, and he died. Cause he got hit, you know, cause his nose bone broke into his brain or something like that. Yeah. And now it's just this ongoing war forever. Right. So now that turned into more organized battle mm-hmm. where you had troops and different types of troops. You had archers and, right, yeah. you know, front linesmen and, you know, the, uh, the cavalry on, on horses. And then, I mean, honestly, I used to think this was the dumbest thing was like the colonial era war where they do the lines. Yes. And with the musket yeah. rifles. And I used to sit my whole life and say, that's so stupid. Yeah. Why don't they spread out? Yeah. Why don't they get, you know. Yeah. So then on the computer, computer nerds rejoice. I'm going to go deep here. Some of you might hang. Some of you be like, wrap it up. What does this have to do with berserkers? Basically, we, um, I, I got a, I had a computer, got onto uh, Steam, got into Half-Life. Half-Life was great because they did all these mods based on the first-person shooter. So they'd use the software, build all these kinds of mods. So they made it, One guy made a mod. It was based on the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. And it was musket rifles. Mm-hmm. And they fired just like a musket rifle. So you would shoot. And when you'd reload, like on games now, you reload. It's like click. And you yeah. got like 30, 50 more rounds. That one, they would actually pour the powder. Yeah. They'd ram the ball in. And then you'd be able to shoot. So, like, reloading literally took, like, 30 seconds or something like mm-hmm. that. 20, 30 seconds. So, it was funny. Naturally, you would line up. Like, it's just people didn't even think about it. Like, you just lined up next to people. And I'm looking. I'm like, well, this is why they formed the lines. Because of the inability of reloading the rifle yeah. quick enough. You know, so basically you'd get in these lines where the, the ones in the front would kneel. They would shoot. Yep. And then basically the back's reloading. Mm-hmm. And then... You just reverse around yep. in a circle. And that really was the most effective way. Because if you branched out in that game and went rogue, you you died in a second. Because right. there would be these guys like five to ten in a group that would just fire at you. And you were mincemeat. And I think that's, again, like where battle gets sophisticated. Right. And then what happened. So essentially they got worked out of a job. Yeah. It's like the samurai. Yeah. It's like a crazy story of the samurai. Well, let's save the samurai for another day. We could. So we should have doubled them up with this. There but. was a whole family of berserkers from the sagas, and that this particular family came up in like two or three different stories from both sources. Mm. So one such family is sorry, I I I don't speak Scandinavian. Egil Skallagrimsson. That sounds good. His to me. father, Skalagrim, which means ugly skull, and his grandfather, Kveldov, which means night wolf. So the whole family, three generations of berserkers. Wow. Passed down from father to son. 
as we said, they could be a group or they could, um, you could independently go berserk. And then they were, there's references to when a berserker would go into the berserk mode, they would go into like a trance like state. And the book actually referenced, there were a couple stories where the berserkers themselves were not actually on the field. The berserkers themselves were laying down and they were projecting a bear or a wolf or a boar onto the field. So you're saying with their minds, man? Yeah. Like they thought was, of a bear and then the bear man came out? They were, they were almost reference, referencing it as to like um, astral projection, mm. which is supposed to be in witchcraft where you can project yeah. yourself into another time, another place. So they were essentially stating that these guys would go so deep into their trance mm-hmm. that they either changed the appearance of themselves so that they would appear like their features would appear like that of a bear, a wolf, or a boar, mm-hmm. or what the other people on the field witnessed was a bear, a wolf, or a boar. They're projected. Entity. They were projecting either, you know, whatever their clan animal was. But they were fighting their projected entity, basically. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And that was referenced in a couple sagas. They It showed up in the book specifically. Mm-hmm. And they kind of hinted at it a little bit in the, in the article. But the book specifically. And this guy that wrote the book, he's actually a Viking reenactor. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Like, this dude is into this. He's all in. Live action role play. He cites all of his sources, like where he got his information. And then within the, within the chapter, he's citing and referencing. His resume is deep. I'm not going to say his resume is deep, (laughs) but his information is deep. Like he's not just going one level. The projection thing gets me onto something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of trying that. Yeah. Today. Okay. Practice today. I'm going to practice the next couple of weeks. Okay. What I want to do is I want to project a person who's timely, mm-hmm. well-organized, nice to the public, and then that projection can show up to work. I can stay home. Okay. In bed in the basement. <laughs> That's going to be my spot. Okay. I mean, I could do the parking lot maybe, just like lay in the truck. They'd be like, and then yo. just. Like, bring the projection up, and then just, like, I'm going through its eyes, so I'm walking through the parking lot, into the door. Right. Signing in. Yep. You know, going out, helping folks out. Well? I'll let you know, folks, if it works. (laughs) If it does, the movement starts now. (laughs) So, the earliest (laughs) written sources of what might be berserkers are found in Roman writings from the first century A.D., like you said. You were right, the first century. First century. So in his book, Germania, the historian uh, Tacitus describes correspondingly fantastic elite warriors among the German tribes in Northern Europe. And in the sixth century, the East Roman historian Procopius wrote of the wild and lawless Heruli from the North, describing how they went almost naked into battle, clad only in loincloths, and this was to show their disdain for their wounds. They wore neither helmet nor coat of mail and used only a light shield to protect themselves. The people who were described as Heruli probably had their origin on Seeland or Finn in today's Denmark. Mm. But they can also be traced to other parts of Scandinavia, including Norway. So the Heruli are said to have had a kingdom of Anfin. And this may have survived until into the 6th century, but more of them had previously been driven out of Scandinavia by the Danes. The Heruli often took service as warrior bands in the Roman army, and they appeared the same way as the berserkers, in small groups in the service of chieftains or kings, and there is a possibility that the origins of the berserkers may be found among the mysterious Heruli. So in other words, they just kind of merged them together or they Mm -hmm. progressed. The berserkers are often mentioned in sagas, skaldic poems composed at the 
the courts of Scandinavian and Icelandic leaders during the Viking and Middle Ages. See, that's the interesting part, because it's not just like one or two things no. that they grab. It's pretty consistent yeah, through the sagas. It is. You know? And they're also in other literature from the Middle Ages, which is pretty significant. Exactly, like separate accounts bringing yep. it up. And in the sagas, which were written in a Christian context, the memory of these warriors has been extended to become a label for those who stand out from the norms of society. Thugs freebooters, pirates, etc. Mm-hmm. In the earliest Icelandic compendium of law, Gragas, it is said that a raging berserker can either be bound or condemned to exile. And the oldest known written source about berserkers is Harold's Cavadet, a 9th century skaldic poem honoring King Harold uh, Fairhair, attributed to the skaldic poet Tjörbrur Hornklove, I guess. I don't know. It's literally spelled Hork Love, writing about the Battle of Kiersford, but the date is unknown. Yeah. And berserkers roared where the battle raged, wolf heathens howled, and iron weapons trembled. Mm. And then there's Great Saga. It is said of the warriors in that same battle, such berserkers as were called wolf heathens, they had wolf coverings as male, and iron didn't bite them. One of them started roaring and bit the edge of his shield and growled viciously. In the Volsung saga, describing events in the 6th century, it said that the berserkers were in Odin's lifeguard and that they went without armor, were as mad as dogs and wolves. Mm -hmm. They bit their shields and were as strong as bears or oxen. They killed everybody, and neither fire nor iron bit them, and that is called going berserk. The descriptions of the sagas of violent men and killers cannot all be linked to the berserkers, but directions are made or distinctions are made, uh, for example, between berserkers and warriors, between normal killers and the men who fought duels. And the Old Norse saga texts never call the berserkers mad or insane. They regard the berserkers as something more than just socially problematic and unusually aggressive. The sagas distinguish them from other men by ascribing to them a particular nature that made one both scornful and fearful of them at the same time. Well, and on that point, that's where I say there probably was some sort of hierarchical, mm-hmm. you know, hierarchy within. And the big part that I got it from was uh, Harold uh, Fairhair. Mm-hmm. His reign was 872 to 930. Yes. That's 58 years. Mm-hmm. And he had berserkers basically as recorded as the household guard. Yes. So they were just around. Yeah. And that's where I think it's a little cheap to just say that they were these like nuts yeah. bandits yep. that lost their mind. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little cheap phrase to use for that. It because is. they had these very highly regarded roles. They did. And, they did. And with fair hair, I saw that directly. It's like, you know, this this is somebody who reigned for 58 years. Yes. So it would make sense. And he himself went berserk in a battle. Well, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it would make sense that if he's surrounded by these guys, and if there is actually a pre, pre-battle pre ritual mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or a, a trance or, or something that they do before they go into battle, it would make sense that if he were surrounded by these guys at some point, that would have influenced him, and well, he could have yeah. taken on their... And here's the thing. I mean, I'm going to throw a, just a very basic dude statement out. <laughs> but there is points where a guy will say at some point or another, they just lost it. Mm-hmm. And and I can confess to that. There was many times I lost it. Mm-hmm. And I get the whole berserker tendency type thing. I get right. it. Yeah. Now, where I was reading this and I and I really connected the dots goes back to where we were talking about how basically the social order and construct would accommodate that type of behavior. Right. So I can't even imagine where even someone like myself would go if I because I know I'm capable of it. Mm-hmm. I know I was capable of it. Mm-hmm. If I was actually in a, a social construct where it's accommodating to be like that. Mm-hmm. Where's the boundary? The boundary is yeah. nowhere. No. Because the more you do it, the better it is. Right. If it's acceptable of that. Yes. And and if you went too far, they're just like, yeah, you know, he's just berserking out. Yeah. That's all. Could be. You know, God's got him by the scrub. <laughs> you know. And that's uh, 
that's where I definitely I see like the fair hair rain mm-hmm. and him having that as actual household guards. Right. Yes. There had to be some sort of organizational chart. There, there was, them. but by the same token, those same guards to yeah. the king or a chieftain, they like they would not be betrothed to. How do I say this delicately? Like if one of the berserkers was like, "Dude, your daughter, she's hot," and that guy was even like remotely in the upper echelons. Yeah, I, I, I would say like a lord. Yeah, the the berserker was not going to be betrothed to that guy's yeah. daughter because they're they're penniless. Grunts. Yeah. Basically, grunts. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the only way they got any sort of property or whatnot was to take it by force. They would either go in and duel or, you know, they would challenge someone. Take it to the streets. They would take it to, they would do a dance battle. Dance battle, yeah. And whoever was the victor in the dance battle. You know, that'd be funny what? if, like, history didn't know that, and you go back and they pull out, like, this, like, square piece of cardboard, put a boom box, you know, or have, yeah, like, and the guy, break dancing. have a guy beatboxing. The loot. The loot and the flute. Have, and, then, and the guy's just, like, The loot and the flute and a beatboxer <laughs> throwing some rhythm down. Oh, I love it. You know what? This could happen today and be a thing. A loot, a flute player, and a beatboxer. And and you got to break dance in either a wolf skin, a, a bear, bear skin, skin, or a, a boar, boar skin. A boar skin. <laughs> I, we're gonna bring this into live action role play. Yeah, I'm liking this. We just gotta call it something. All right. We can't call it going berserk. That's the call to action to the listeners. It is. What do this we is call? Your challenge. What, do, what we, do we call this? What do we call this thing that we can bring to a live action role play? I'll sum up. You have two berserkers and they got to throw down in the streets. So you need a loot player. For those of you that don't know what the fuck a loot is, it's a stringed instrument that sounds terrible. Yes. There's a flute. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what the flute player is, but if you don't, it's a wind instrument that sounds beautiful. Right. And then we'll have a beatboxer in the back. And if you don't know what a beatboxer is, just... Where have you been? Where have you honestly been in your life? Yes. And they break out the cardboard with their own sign. Yeah. So if you're a wolf, you got to have the wolf emblem on there. If with you're cardboard. a bear, you got to have the bear emblem on the cardboard. <laughs> it wasn't even All right. yet. A papaya sheet or something like... Or not papaya... Pap- papyrus. Yes. Papyrus. A big board of papyrus. <laughs> but we'll just do cor- cardboard because it's it's a new. Tapestry. They could use oh, a tapestry. Oh, You're rolling deep with uh, a tapestry. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna make All this right. legit. Tapestry. Okay. Tapestry. Loop. Breakdancing's hard on tapestry though. You need a kind of slick surface. Okay. How about a sheet of cardboard that looks like a tapestry, like it's drawn out, like a tap yeah. printed. Yeah. You got to make it look. You got to like make fabric. it look like fabric. Like <laughs> yeah. So use crayon and then you get I know a what it extra. is. What? I know what it is. Call the action canceled. <laughs> it's a berserk off. <laughs> Call the action canceled. It's a berserk off. <laughs> we get the hip hop horn. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. We're going to make this happen. Mm hmm. And on that note, folks, that's Berserkers. <laughs> it's an so, hour short, and you're saying, wait, it's just an hour. You guys usually go like an hour, 20 minutes, hour and a half. And I'm going to say this, folks. We went light on this one because next week oh, we're going heavy. We are. Let's do, Um, I've got a little uh, conclusion, a summary. You're beating Berserk off? I, I, yeah. Well, <laughs> what I'm doing is I'm giving you the Cliff Notes version of Berserkers. Oh, okay. 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 Let me there sum up. There is too much. Let me sum up. <laughs> One, they bit their shields, howled, were enormously strong, didn't fear for their safety, with a presumed decreased sense of pain, leaving them tired, lethargic, and exhausted afterward. Two, no proof that they took hallucinogenic substances or experienced a mental illness or condition. Three, they couldn't be injured by iron or fire, 
But this is less evident in many sources and contrary to reports of all those killed by swords and spears. So, eh. Eh. Four, they used magic to shapeshift, blunt opponents' weapons, and had inhuman strength. Allegedly. Five, they were dedicated to the god Odin. Six, they would fight solo or alongside other berserkers, Ulfjanar, and other weapons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Seven, they did not always wear their male armor, frequently survived combat, and could be beaten by cunning adversaries. They could be a liability as well as an asset to have within a fighting force. Eight, they are not necessarily termed berserkers within texts, despite displaying the associated yeah. attributes. Nine, they can become leaders or have trusted positions, such as bodyguards, but many experienced social discrimination and may not have acquired much wealth without resorting to using Holmgenar, which is kind of the berserk off. Yeah. Ten, becoming a werebear was different from being a berserker in that it is not the choice of the individual. So becoming a berserker is... The person's choice, becoming a werebear, guess not so much. Gotcha. So, 11, they do not practice faring forth or going under the skin, which seems to be a meditation method, um, or they do not all practice faring forth or going under the skin, and that's where they project themselves, which mm. seems to be a meditation method, using berserker skills but not entering berserker gang. And they can survive after berserker gang but will need sleep, and they will be weak for a while afterward, as mentioned in number one. And 13, this is referenced only in the book. There is some sort of reference that the berserkers would wear or or bear tooth pendants, mm -hmm. but that's not proven. Gotcha. They didn't do that. You know what 14 is? What? Berserkoff? They're popping and locking fools behind a backbeat. <laughs> I'm going to make this a I'm going to make You're it gonna a going to make thing. it a thing? I think so. That'll go off at the Ren Fair. Oh, my God, it would. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with the Ren Fair at all. Not at all. But they'd be like, you know what? This is fucking awesome. So, guys. Yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready for next week? Because I don't think you are. Yeah, we're we're cutting this one relatively short because next week we're... we're we, we inserted are diving deep. We're diving deep, and we weren't going to do this. Little backstory. We watched a new Conjuring film. Conjuring 3. It was good. Yeah. We liked it. The devil made me do it. The devil made made me do it. It was it was a good movie. We're not going to review the movie. No, we're not. What so, we're going to do is we're going to do the case behind it, which yeah. is the case of Arnie Johnson and the possession of David, forget his last name. Yeah, it's on the board behind you and I can't see it. Oh. Yeah, no, I only wrote Arnie Johnson on Arnie the board. Arnie Johnson, yeah. Let's say it's David. David. David and David's David. exorcism. And David David. David, David. Yeah. So, yeah, we uh, we watched the movie and we thought, you know what? It's Instead timely. of doing the next topic, it's timely. It's relevant. We were going to squeeze it in this week, but we wouldn't have done it justice because we wouldn't have had enough time. Correct. To go through it. And we wanted to really kind of dedicate a full week, week and a couple days to, the... to, to get deep into this. Because right. we say it often here, at least I say it. I really am never happy with how Hollywood will deal with a certain topic. Yeah. End of quote. Going to say, um, just in the and, and amount in, of research I've done. Oh yeah, no. And here's the thing: they got to sell tickets. They got to get mean, people into yeah. it. They got to make it exciting. I get I why get they do what they that. do. Yeah. The the reason I wanted to do it on this is because I know a lot of people will want to watch movies, and I find. My biggest pet peeve ever is when I'm talking history about somebody or historical account. And they reference and they the go, movie. Oh, you know, like in that movie. Mm -mm. You know, it just drives me crazy because Hollywood has a whole agenda of their own. And like I said, I don't deny them that. They got to they gotta move widgets. They have to tell their story. It's not even tell their story. They got to sell it. Yeah. I true. mean, you just got to be honest. If you're a director yeah. or a writer mm -hmm. and you want your stuff into a movie, you've got to get money to make the movie. Here's an idea. Make sure something blows up or someone dies within like the first five minutes and then that's people, what people are in. No, but that's what people <laughs> are into. And the fact is, it. it's like, yeah. it takes money to make these movies. It, it takes a lot of money and it takes a lot of people. So after a while, the story's going to get stomped on 
because right. yes. the movie at the end of the day has to make money. Correct. The producers have to at least break even or Correct. have a marginal loss that they can write off. And if it's a huge flop, you end up on how did this get made? Yeah, true. <laughs> True. You know, in the butt end of every joke forever, which sometimes is a good thing. Yes, exactly. But but no, we really wanted to do that and and right. dive deep into it and give you the full story of what we could dig up. Right. I'd like to think that we're pretty honest about topics. Yes. We're honest if we're like, look, I don't know about this. Yep. I don't know about that. I yep. question where I got this and I question where I got that. Yes. This feels right, but we don't act like we're the law. Right. But I think a movie, the movie was good and it just motivated us to do an episode on Correct. this and timely with the movie. Right. So the nice part of it is, is if you haven't watched the movie. You have time. You have time, but also we're not going to spoil the movie. We're not. We're not no. going to spoil the movie at all. We're just, it's going to be like you read a book or watched a documentary on the topic before the movie came out. Correct. That's what we're aiming to do here. Right. And with that being said, I don't, I'm going to have to figure out the title for that. Let's call it The Devil Made Me Do It, which is the subtitle for Conjuring 3. The Devil Made Me Do It. That was that was Arnie's yeah. defense. You know what? I'm just going to use his name. Arnie Johnson? Yeah. So we're going to title it Arnie I Johnson. I would put The Devil Made Me Do It, Arnie Johnson. Because then... Yeah, I got like a minimal I amount know. of... All right, we'll figure we'll that out. We'll figure that out. We don't need to dredges up here no we can we can argue over that later like a day before publishing (laughs) or scheduling yeah (laughs) however i must say folks thanks for listening to us blab yes we look forward to talking to you next week and we hope you have a wonderful day a wonderful week and remember yeah no Ouija boards. No Ouija boards. No dolls. Nope. No capes. No capes. No blood. No blood rituals. No blood rituals. Mm-hmm. Did we get Did we get anything this week? I don't think we did. No, I don't think it was necessary. I but think next week's going to really kind of bring something up. Yeah. Make good choices. Take care, folks. <laughs> <laughs>